Welcome to our podcast here at Encounter Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire is to be a place where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. If you're in our area, join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. and every first Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. For more information about our church, you can visit us at EncounterChurch.today or follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Periscope. Just search eChurchBR. We invite you now to open your hearts to receive what God has for you. Here's today's message. Thank you tonight for the privilege that we have to be in your house. And God, we thank you for each one that's here. But God, we thank you for the fact that we are here tonight. And God, you don't make no mistakes, but God, you have us here on purpose. And God, we pray that we would hear what your word would speak and say to each and every one of us. We love you. We praise you. We adore you in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen in the house. Come on, high five two people around you and say, man, you need to get one of those haircuts. You need one of those. Back to school. Kelly's like, B2S haircut? What's that? Oh, back to school. Renee, you need a haircut. There you go. And um, fantastic. Hey, Kelly and I just want to welcome each and every one of you to a place of life, love, and purpose tonight. And we're just excited about what's happening. I just took Judah to the nursery. And when I took him to the nursery, it was so cool to walk down the hallway and hear our youth band singing and leading worship for our young people. And then I turn the corner and I hear the kids singing in the back and praising and worshiping God. And then I come around here and I kind of see you all stand and do enough, no money playing. And we had a great time of worship in here tonight. And that's what we're all about, lifting up the name of Jesus. Amen. And just proclaiming God's goodness. We're going to begin a series, a mini series over the next really three messages. We're going to be talking about prayer. And tonight I want to talk about decide to be different. Decide to be different. Someone once said this, there really is very little difference between people, but that little difference makes a great difference. Let me say that again. Someone said there really is very little difference between people, but that little difference makes a great difference. And that's what I want to talk, as I said, about tonight. I want to talk about tonight deciding to be different. And I really believe a prayer life and having a prayer life can make all the difference for your life. And I believe over these next few days, your life can be changed as you discover prayer in a new way. Sunday, we're going to be teaching you how to pray. So if you don't know how to pray, be here Sunday. We're going to help you. We're going to hook you up from God's Word. But I believe there's an extraordinary, an extraordinary life that God has available for every one of us. And as we begin to pray, because prayer is just talking to God, and as we begin to talk and have fellowship and communion with God, the sky's the limits of what can happen. So tonight I'm going to talk about a very short prayer in the Bible called the Prayer of Jabez. Anyone ever heard of the Prayer of Jabez? Jabez isn't someone that you're going to know a lot about. He's not a David. He's not a Moses. He's not an Esther or a Paul, that there are books and chapters that are written about. And maybe you've heard his name before, but I want you to know something. His life made a difference when he decided to be different. And you find his story actually hiding in the least read, probably, section 
of the least read book of the Bible. It's the book of Chronicles. I often say this, that when you're reading through the Bible in one year, when you come to the book of Chronicles, you're glad of a Psalms and a proverb. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Because you have a little bit, because it's tough reading, reading through Chronicles. Because the first nine chapters of Chronicles, what it does is it outlines the family tree of the Hebrew tribes. It begins with Adam and takes them through thousands of years to Israel's return from captivity. And talk about boring, name after name after name. And I've just been doing that. You've been doing that in your Bible reading. But it really hit me this year and I thought, you know what? I'm so thankful for every name that God records. Why? Because that means he knows my name. And God's in the infinite, the minute details that God is all about and and how he puts those names to show their place and how you and I have a place in history and what God wants to do with our lives. But there's more than 500 names that we read. And if we were to turn to 1 Chronicles 4, where we're going to be tonight, it begins, and the sons of Judah were Perez, Hezron, Charmi-Hur, and Shobel. That's just the beginning. Crazy names. Don't name your kid Shobel. Okay, it doesn't come good. Okay, but then 42 names into the chapter, a story breaks through. And look what this story says, beginning in verse 9. And it says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mothers called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And you would enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted what he requested. Then verse 11 just goes into the names again, because it talks about Mihar and the father of Eshton, etc., etc. There was something about Jabez that caused a historian one day that was writing down all the names of the clans in order. There was something about Jabez that caused him to pause and in the middle to interject just two verses that could make all the difference. And this is the only mention of Jabez there is in the entirety of the Word of God. So what do we see? Here's what we see. Are you ready? Things started badly for a person that no one ever heard of. But he prayed an unusual one-sentence prayer and things ended extraordinarily well for him. It didn't start good. He prayed. It ended great. Come on. The outcome, the difference was traced back to this. Not the type of hairstyle he had, the shoes he wore, or where he came from. The difference happened because he prayed. Come on, decide to be different. Begin to pray. To begin to pray. It was his prayer that changed everything. Over the next week, beginning in August the 5th Sunday, We're going to be talking about the difference that prayer can make in your life. 
We're going into seven days. Each night we're going to be coming to you live on Facebook at nine o'clock and we'll be coming into your house for seven minutes and we're going to give a devotion and a theme for the next day. And each day we're going to pray together on different themes. At nine o'clock in the morning we're asking wherever you're at, set an alarm on your phone and at nine o'clock just say, hold on a second, I'm going to stop and just pray and we can all be at prayer together at nine and nine every day. And we're just going to really focus our attention on prayer. This Sunday, the 5th, we're going to be praying for all our students who are going back to school and to college. You need your kids in the house on Sunday. You need your grandkids. What we're going to be doing Sunday is you can go and register your kids. You can go and sign them in at Kids Club. But then you're going to bring them in here. We're going to have praise and worship all together. And then after praise and worship, we're going to lay hands on our kids and pray over each and every one of them. And then when we're finished in here, some of our leaders are going to go into the nursery and lay hands on all of our kids in the nursery and pray for them. Why? Because they're going into a mission field. Amen. And what a great time. You see, every year we begin our year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so we like to do this in the summer, have seven days where we just really pray and focus on believing for God to move in our lives. And then August the 12th, The following Sunday, we're going to have a special healing service right here. And we're going to be praying and believing all week for God to move in that service in a special way and touch people's lives. Seven days that can make a difference. Seven days that I believe could change your life forever. And we're believing, just like with Jabez, how a simple direct request to God changed his life and left a permanent mark on the history books of Israel. Our prayer is that your prayer, that your life will produce and see the same results. One of my favorite scriptures when it comes to prayer is Psalms 145 verse 18. The Message Bible says it this way, God is there. God is there, what? Listening to all who pray, for all who pray and mean it. Come on, we're going to pray and mean it this week. We're not just going to pray a repetitious prayer and just have no feeling and no meaning to it. We're going to start praying like we mean it. We're going to start praying like our life depends on it, because it does. And we're going to start believing God in a greater way. So what do we see from Jabez? Jabez prayed four requests. And I want to look at them really quickly tonight. Request number one that he prayed, he says, Oh Lord, that you would bless me. Indeed, which at first you could look at that and say, kind of selfish, don't you think? I mean, you're asking blessing for yourself. But here's what I want to ask you today. Could it be possible that perhaps God wants us to get selfish in our prayers? And why I mean, or by that I mean this, to ask for more in our lives. But how we ask is key. Let me give you some backdrop just quickly to this person called Jabez. Two verses But from that we can see things. Jabez lived in southern Israel after the conquest of Canaan and during the time of the judges. Before the kings ruled and the judges, God would have a judge that would rule. That was the time that Jabez lived. He was born to the tribe of Judah and eventually became a notable head of his clan. How do we know that? Because it's the heads of clans or the leaders who are listed in the genealogy. His name is there. He was a notable leader of his clan in the end. Yet his story begins with his name. Verse 9 says, And his mother 
called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. His name in Hebrew literally means pain. Pain. But it even goes one step further than that. It meant more than that. His name literally meant he will cause or he will bring pain. Imagine trying to get friends with a name like that. Stay away from pain. Why? Because he's going to bring pain. He's going to cause trouble. A name was a reputation to him. He couldn't shake it. So growing up with that name, it was a challenge for him to have friends. So he grew up as a boy with a name that he would love to hate. It doesn't appear to be a good start for him. So what are you going to do? We're not even sure why his mother called him that. The Bible doesn't really tell us. Maybe it was a struggle in birth and as a result of the pain of bringing forth that child, that's why she named him that. Maybe that her father abandoned in that situation and she was on her own. I don't know. Maybe there was financial struggle and she knew with another mouth to feed it was going to be a pain. How can I make it? We don't know, but his name was pain. But here's what else we know. He refused to allow his name to determine his future. I don't care what the world calls you. I don't care what you think your identity is. You have a choice today and you need to decide today, I'm going to be different. I'm not going to be like that any longer. I don't have to act like that any longer. I can do something about it. You see, names in Bible times were very important. It's not like it is now that we find something we like or we go on a website and we pick the name that sounds the the best. In Bible times, it was literally almost a prophecy that was given. It was something that they believed that child would grow to be. It was the child's future that they were speaking. So here he is, pain. What a future, pain. What hope pain. What blessing? Pain. His prophecy wasn't great, but he found his way out through God. I'm telling you right now, that's the answer for every one of us. We can find our way out through God and we can come to God in prayer. You see, when we are truly asking God for his blessings, we're not really asking for more of what we can get for ourselves. Let me say that again. When we're saying to God, would you bless me? We're not asking for more of what we can really get for ourselves. And the actual words in Hebrew where it says, would you bless me indeed? To add that word indeed is like adding five exclamation marks. It's writing in all caps like you're shouting it out and bold underlining. He's not just saying, bless me if you feel like it. He's like, bless me. Exclamation, exclamation, and so on. Bold, caps. It's out there. But the blessing he was asking for wasn't something he could do. It wasn't a blessing like, God, would you give me a good day? It wasn't just a blessing like, God, would you help me on my test? All those things are important. And God wants to give those things. But in a biblical sense, what it meant was this. To ask for or to impart supernatural favor. God, I want you to bless me. God, I want supernatural favor. 
upon my life. Something I can't do, something I can't produce in my life. God, I need you to give me something that only you can give me. And I love that. I said, I love that. I love that. The the only God things. (laughs) Notice he said, God, that you would bless me indeed. He didn't ask for what I want blessing in. He trusted in God to give him exactly what he needed. And we need to pray that prayer for our lives. God, I want your supernatural blessing upon everything that I do. That's not a case of give me more money. That's not a case of just give me this, give me, give me. me. It's God, I want supernatural blessing upon my life in such a way that people are going to notice and say, what's up with him? What's up with her? Because we know it ain't them that's doing that. And we can what? Give glory to God. That's what supernatural blessing. God takes our natural, adds the super to it, and it becomes supernatural. And I love this, a guaranteed byproduct of sincerely seeking His blessing is a life that is marked by miracles. So this is the key. It's asking for the blessings that He wants to give us. So really, it's not selfish. When I say, God, would you bless me? Because what I'm saying is, God, I position my life to receive from you everything that you have prepared. I don't want to get to heaven and find a drawer with my name on it with all the blessings that I still had not inherited here on this earth. Come on. I I don't want to get there and say, God, why didn't you do this? And God says, well, you never asked me to bless you in that way. Come on. I want to say today, God, bless me. I want a supernatural outpouring to be upon my life. I want, God, what you want for my life. God, I surrender to you and say, God, would you bless me? Come on. If you were to sit down right now and say, here's my blessings. You would probably say, I want this. I want, and maybe there's nothing wrong with those things. But let me tell you something. Are those things going to really bring you closer to God? Are they really going to cause you to honor God? You can say, oh yeah, God, I'll serve you. I've seen a lot of people who've got a better job and now they're not even in church anymore. I've seen people get blessings that they want and now they're using them and they're not even in the house of God. But when God blesses you with his blessings, come on, there's reward for your life. And this man, I could preach in the house tonight. You see, what you've got to understand is this. If you're taking notes tonight, you need this. God's provision and ability is limited only by us. Not by his resources, not by his power or by his willingness to give. That's there. It's available. The only thing that limits his ability and provision is you. It's me. God, would you bless me indeed? God, would you bless me indeed? What's the second request? Would you enlarge my territory? That's what he said. He was literally asking God to enlarge his life so he could make a greater impact for him. Notice this, it's not about me, but it's about you, God. That's the way God wants to bless us. So if he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. If it's going to stop at you, then there's a hindrance. But when God can see it will flow through you, that the blessings that he can trust you, then he'll give you more and he'll be able to pour more and entrust. Why? Because God wants to enlarge our lives so we can make a bigger impact to this world. Jabez was saying, God, give me a greater influence. Give me greater responsibility. Give me an opportunity to make a difference for you. 
that God, you will get the glory from my increase. That word territory there could also mean the word coast or borders. A coastline or borders. It's like the old homesteads years ago where they would go and stake a claim and they had their piece of property and land that was given. Jeremiah was said, I don't just want what has been given to me. Jeremiah and Jabez was saying, man, there's more. Surely there's more. That's what we need to begin to pray and realize today. Come on, surely I was born for more than just this. This isn't my identity. I'm not going to be someone else's label. There's got to be more for my life. You see, here's how the proper equation looks with God. Are you ready? My willingness and my weakness plus God's will and supernatural power equals my expanded territory. Now, here's how the world wants to say it. It doesn't want to say my willingness and weakness. The world wants it to read like my experience, my knowledge, my training, Everything that I have done, my abilities, it's all dependent upon me, me, me. Well, I'm telling you right now, I'm so thankful, but that my expansion and my blessing is not just limited to me. But I can be weak, but still be willing. And God's will and His supernatural power can still be poured out upon my life. Oh, God can use my abilities, my experiences and training but he's not dependent upon them only for the increase of my life. And you better be glad about that because we don't have it all together. But he does. He does. So he says, God, I pray that you would bless me indeed. I pray that you would enlarge my territory. And then he prays this prayer. God, I pray that your hand would be with me. One translation says that your hand would be upon me. Are you ready for it? Here's what he's really praying. God, I need your help in this. God, I'm in trouble. I'm out of my depth. I'm out of my league. You you better step in and help me right now. And please note, he didn't ask for this at the beginning. Because when he was in that first state, things were still manageable. But when he begins to pray, God, would you bless me? Would you begin to enlarge me? Suddenly he realizes something else. God, I now know I need your divine hand upon my life. Every one of us needs the divine hand of God upon our lives. I think about Jacob. Remember the surplant of the deceiver. That's what his name means. He has an encounter with God. He wrestles with God. The angel of God asked him, what's your name? And he says, Jacob, you sure are. But no longer will you be called Jacob. He said, now you're Israel. But God did something to him that day. God struck his hip. The Bible says that when he walked for the rest of his life, he walked with a limp. You know why I believe God did that? Because every step that Israel now took, he had to be reminded, God, I need your strength. God, I need you with me. I screwed it up on my own and I don't want to take one step without you. Come on, our prayer needs to be every day. I need your guiding hand. I need your presence to be. I need to feel you right there with me. And isn't that where lies most of our problems? Because of what? We forget God. God blesses us and He increases our lives and then we forget the hand by which the blessing comes. We think we've got this. We think I can handle this. And that's another way to spell P-R-I-D-E. Pride. Pride. I don't need God. I can do it on my own. 
I know having kids, I remember all of my kids at one stage in their life, especially when they were younger. Now with Judah, who's four years of age, I can be somewhere. I was just in England with him and we went to the dinosaur park in England and there was this big dinosaur and you could slide out of his mouth and slide down his tail, big slides. And Judah kind of goes up to it and he's kind of a little bit nervous. And I said, man, you can do it. And he goes to the slower one, but the the bigger one's a little bit scary. But you know what? He looked and he said, Dad, I need your help. And guess what? When I went up there with him and I took him by the hand and I said, come on, son, you can sit on my lap. He was fine with sliding down. Come on, I need dad. I need father. I need you, God, because I can't do it on my own. Come on, I can't do my marriage. I can't do this job. I I, I can't. Come on, I'm struggling. I need you through my recovery. I need you in life. But God, father, dad, I need you. What confidence comes when dad's there and the help and the strength that we have. Second Corinthians three, verse five says this. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. And we better recognize and realize that because it's tragic to think how many of us have forgotten the hand that has blessed us. You see, when the hand of the Lord, it spoke about a biblical term for God's power and presence being in the lives of his people. Acts eleven twenty one, and the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. In the early church, the book of Acts, we see that believers continually seek to be filled by God. And their prayer over and over again was, God, would your hand be upon us? Would you lead us? Would you guide us? I wonder when's the last time you really prayed a prayer like that? God, would your hand be upon my life? Would you help me and lead me in God? I wonder when's the last time you prayed that and really meant it. Last thing he prayed is, would you keep me from evil that I might not cause pain? Guess who gets angry and mad when we begin to pray and mean it? It's not God. It's the devil. It's the enemy, the one who's opposed to us. And that's why I need the supernatural help and protection of God when Satan's attack comes. Look at this statement. With success comes greater opportunity for failure. Let that sink in for a moment. I'm not being negative with that. But let me put it another way. The higher you climb, the further you have to fall. Now, we don't be afraid then and say, well, I'm not going to go high because that's what the enemy wants. But what we've got to realize is we've got to have that harness on. We've got to be strapped in. We've got to make sure that we're locked in to what's happening. Because you see, when we begin to pursue after God and go after God, the attacks are going to come. And if the attack can't get you, then what does it do? It goes for your family and the kids. And then if it can't get there, then it goes after your finances and it goes after your car and your dog runs away and your washing machine breaks down and your pool pump stops working. And anyone get the picture? You know what I'm talking about? Because the enemy's out to try to destroy you. But what does Jabez realize? Jabez realizes this. We're engaged in a battle. And if there's no attack, there's no fight. If there's no attack from the enemy, then you're walking with him. If you're not meeting him head on, then you're walking beside him. 
And you can say, well, that's great. I don't want no fight. Well, in no fight, there's no blessing also. And so if you want the blessing, it comes through the attack. It comes through engaging in the battle. It comes through standing your ground. Why? Because you've got to keep your guard up. Have you ever seen a boxer? You can let your guard down for a second and bam, you can be knocked down. And Jabez is praying this prayer. He says, God, I need you to keep me from evil. I've got to keep my guard up. I've got to be protected because I don't want to cause pain. You see, many of us face too many temptations and therefore sin too often. Because many of us pray a prayer like this. Are you ready, God? Give me the courage and the strength to make it through the temptation. Anyone prayed a prayer like that? That's how most of us pray. God, help me to endure the temptation. I wonder when's the last time you prayed, God, help me to avoid the temptation. Come on now. Help me avoid the temptation. We know the temptation is not the sin in itself. It only becomes a sin when we engage into it and participate. So we've got to be careful because so many of us are facing so many temptations that we maybe don't need to face. And that's why we're falling victim so many times. Why can we not pray like Jabez that God would lead us away from temptation? How much better to stay out of the arena of temptation whenever possible. And what do we know about Jesus? Colossians 2.15, what did he do upon the cross? He disarmed principalities and powers. And he made a public spectacle of them and he triumphed over them in it. Come on, he triumphed over all of those things. So we can turn around and say, oh, but there's going to be temptation and I'm always going to face it. Jesus triumphed over it. And we may have to face those things, but we don't have to succumb to those things each and every time. Why? Because we can have the victory over sin through Jesus Christ. And Jabez prayed, I want you to keep me from evil so I won't cause pain. There's so much pain that our sin can cause and bring to other people around. Not only to us, but to our families, to our friends, to so many people. I need to close this message tonight. But the first part, quickly, of verse 9. And Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. It didn't start off like that. It was because he cried out to God. And he prayed a prayer, God bless me. God enlarge me. God, I need your guiding hand upon me. God, steer me away from evil. God, I don't want to bring pain and be displeasing to those around you. Come on. He could have believed his name. He could have looked at the pain. He could have said, well, I guess this is as good as it's going to get. But he refused to settle any longer. But he began to pray and he meant it. And look at the end of verse 10. What does it say? And God granted him what he requested. There's a whole other message in here, but you know why God granted him what he requested? Because Jabez never really requested what he wanted. He requested everything that God had for him. And there's something that can be found when we begin to pray that way. God, not my will, but yours be done. Remember one of the greatest prayers that has ever been prayed, the prayer of Jesus in the garden. Not my will, but yours be done. God granted him his request, not because God has favorites. I said not because God has favorites. God granted him his request because he cried out to God 
and his prayer earned him a more honorable award from God. You see, to obtain honor means to leave your mediocre expectations and comfortable assumptions behind. It has very little to do with talent, but all to do with surrender. To begin to pray and say, God, I want you to touch my life. And here's what I want to do tonight. The band can come back. I want us to pray this prayer together. Can we pray this prayer together tonight? Can we pray the prayer of Jabez? Come on, pray that with me. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. Come on, say that again. Are you ready? Can you go back? Oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my territory, that your hand... Come on, one more time. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me. Come on. That's the prayer. You see, it's not about reciting words in a prayer. We're going to be talking about the Lord's Prayer on Sunday. It's not just about reciting and being repetitive in a prayer. But what it's about is about opening your heart to everything that God has for your life. Because that prayer caused Jabez to step into these four things. Are you ready? He stepped into his blessing. He stepped into his enlarging. God began to lead his life. There was leading in his life. And guess what else came? Freedom. 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 Would you stand all over this place today? God has a plan for your life. I said God has a plan for your life. And what we need to do is connect to that plan. And that's one of the things prayer does. It connects us to the plan and to the heartbeat of God. So we can know his heart. So we can hear his heart. So we can be a part of everything that he does. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I wonder tonight if there's anyone that you're away from God. You can say like Jabez, you know, my life is a pain. It's not good. I'm not good. I'm not doing well. Well, you can choose to live with that or you can choose to cry out to God like Jabez said. And we want to pray a prayer with you that you can say, God, I I want you to bless me. I'll give my life to you. God, that you would enlarge me because every one of us can say this, that have given our lives to Christ that we know the blessing, the enlarging, the leading, and the freedom that Christ brings to each and every one of our lives. And that's what God wants to bring to your life. Is there anyone, as every head is bowed and eyes closed, is there anyone that lift up their hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to Christ. Is there anyone right now? Thank you. There's a hand. There's a hand. Come on, I want to make it right with God. Come on, there's some hands that's going up in this place. Is there anyone else? I want to make that dedication and commitment to God. Come on, I'm going to pray and lead you in a prayer and everyone's going to pray this prayer with you. Are you ready? Let's pray together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for hearing my cry and for answering my heart. And dear Jesus, right now, I give you my heart. I surrender everything to you. And from this day forward, And forevermore, I'm going to live for you. 
In Jesus' name, amen.